All right, you ready? Yeah. Sure. Why not? The drop back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. It's been a little while. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today by Joe Costanzo and Matt Burns Peak. How are you doing, fellas? Pretty good. Pretty darn snazzy, Slew. It has been too long. It's been too long. We've had a little bit of um, moving about going on, but we're moving. we're about regular seasons over. So we thought, you know what, we should actually probably get get some yeah. content out again because we've been relying on our writers for. The last, the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a stand-up job, but yeah, we should probably probably do some audio stuff again. It's always good fun. Always good fun. Joe, you having fun? audio space. Yeah, I'm not in your room, but... Uh, <laughs> so we can't be having that much fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel a bit left out. Oh, I thought I thought, he was getting, I thought he had something else there. No, no. I just, no, that's, that's all he's got. Right. I just so, feel left out. Yeah, it. it's cool. It's cool. It's le- leave up where we... um. Pick up even when we left off. That, 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 that We're was... not rusty. You're rusty. <laughs> All right. So week 18, which the new thing is now in the books. Playoff order is set. Um, I mean, let's just kick it off. Who are you surprised actually managed to miss out on the playoffs other than the Indianapolis Colts? I was going to say Colts because they're absolute dipshits. I mean, I, it was funny that quite a lot of the Colts fan base assumed that they were sort of already guaranteed a playoff spot. And it only became apparent when they started losing to the fucking Jags how that they might not might not be able to actually get in. I mean, how do you even do that? They're 0-6 now in their last six visits to Jacksonville. That does include one London game in there as well, though. They pooped the bed big time. I don't I don't believe this whole Jaguars are great in London thing. They're like 50-50, really. No, they're great against the Colts at home, apparently. No matter where they fucking play the Colts. That's true. Well, as long as it's not in India. It does matter. As long as it's not in India, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... What does that mean for the Colts now, and what the hell? How the hell do they move forward with Carson Wentz, who just shat the bed two weeks in a row when they basically needed one win to get in the playoffs? Is it a Carson Wentz problem? Do we think, or is it? A... He was terrible. Okay, well maybe it is Carson Wentz problem. But a, a, a lot of the clamoring from uh, Colts fans has been against Frank Wright. Not too impressed with him. Is that, is that actually? Yeah. Been some been some shit about Frank Wright. Not the Colts fans. Not very happy about how you you know, have an all. An all, multiple all pros on your, on your defense, and you somehow lose to the Jags. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it seemed like a month ago the Colts fans were calling Frank Wright one of the coaches of the season. I mean, there's not much you can do about it when your quarterback decides let's go fumble city. Yeah, that has been a Wentz problem for a while now as well. Turnovers in general has been a Wentz problem for a while, not just fumblers. <sighs> No, it's it's all the good it's all the good turnovers, isn't it? Just the absolute rogue ones. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do there? Boneheaded decisions for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think all in all, I think they've they've sort of got what they could have hoped for out of Carson Wentz this season. Really, I mean, has he been really anything else other than advertised for turnover problems? But you know, has the ability to make some off the cuff plays, which are going to keep you in games. Like he's a decent quarterback without being outstanding. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I think, you know, he didn't learn anything new about Carson Wentz because they lost to the Jags. I don't think. No, I did like his connection throughout the year with Michael Pittman. To be fair, Michael yeah, he had a really good year, emerging. Pittman. Yeah, yeah, their most consistent play in the air though this season was just a 
a Carson Wentz underthrown bomb and get a PI off it. Oh yeah. I mean, if if it if it if it keeps working, why go to anything else, right? Yeah. It also helps when you have basically an MVP candidate and Jonathan Taylor throughout the year. Phenomenal. Like how bad do your quarterback have to be for you to have a two thousand yard rusher pretty much and still not make the playoff? Again, I don't know. Is it is it Carson Wentz? I kind of feel sorry for Carson Wentz because I don't think he's done anything other than what we'd expect Carson Wentz to do. Like I was expecting a lot worse, to be fair. At the same time, they've traded a first-round pick for him and are on the hook for $15 million next year. Well, that's a whoopsie on the, the trade as it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Carson Wentz would have to be really fucking different from what we've seen from him before for that for that capital to make be worth it. I, I kind of think, you know, I don't think Carson Wentz played out of his skin, but I also don't think Carson Wentz played badly. They should have just not paid so much for him. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I he's envy the solution of the future. No, I don't know why they go about this, but that's certainly lost a little bit of the luster for Chris Ballard, who the whole league seems to be clamoring over this time last year. Uh, the other team, other than the banged up Ravens, who have a legitimate excuse for missing the playoffs because they had, what, four starting players probably by the end of the season? I think there was some stat where it was like we went into this game with four people on the entire team were on the were on the. Uh, were first team starters at the beginning of the season. How have I said something so ridiculous and it actually turned out to be true? That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, fair play to the Ravens for being in it till the very end with, with that much injury damage. I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on in their medical facility. Like, I think it's just one of those luck things. Like the Eagles had it a couple of years ago. The Chargers seemed to have it for about seven years. Continue. Yeah. It yeah. was a lot of, it was a lot of practice injuries, to be fair. What are you Which... doing at practice? Just hitting each other with concrete fucking bollards. Like... Yeah, and then that, that one guy got shot at a party. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't... <laughs> was it a practice. Was it a practice no. party? Yeah, I mean, you sh- you could have known what was... It was a bad omen at the beginning of the season when Marcus Peters and... Was it J.K. Dobbins tore their ACLs on consecutive... Plays. Yeah, that was fucked up. I think yeah. at that point, you've just got to... you just got to... Everyone just walks into the city and just, we're not practicing anymore. Yeah, and the Gus bus next week. Was out yeah. for the season. What what I did find out is that throughout, I pretty much found out that you could stick anyone at running back for us, and they do an okay job. Yeah, outside I mean, of Lev Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's just, it's just the impact Lamar has, isn't it? Well, I suppose Tyler Huntley with that Greg Roman design run play, like you have to pay them so much respect that you almost have to say, right, we're going to let you run up the middle with the other guy because we can't let the risk of Lamar Jackson breaking free in the open field. I mean, and it, it's it's a pretty bad risk. Like like you said, Joe, I think you could stick anyone behind, yeah, next to Lamar in the backfield. But also, I think the O-line genuinely did pretty well in terms of, as a run-blocking O-line, they were pretty sound. Even, again, injuries and whatnot. But uh, it's a shame because I, I feel like if they'd managed to stay healthy, the Ravens would have been a really fun team to watch potentially. And, and they would have been an interesting mix in the AFC North with how close it is now. Um, but yeah, just got taken away from them by uh, some pretty bad luck. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to blame it too much on injuries. We, we had a few analytical mishaps in that we went for it on fourth downs a lot where it ended up killing us at the end of the game. And we had there to... were those two point conversions two weeks in a row, weren't there as well? Yeah. But the, even before those two point conversions, uh, I think in one of the games might have been against the Packers. Uh, we had like a fourth and goal in the first quarter and we went for it because 
I don't know because we just assume that we the numbers said so Joe you can't question the numbers yeah but then the game actually turns out and you you're forced into a situation where you've tied the game and you're going for two uh, to win it because you don't trust our fucked up defense to actually do anything I was going to say do you reckon that that the reason why you did make those sort of decisions and sort of play quite ultra aggressively do you think that's sort of as a result of the injuries and being like hey we're in a good moment right now we know that our roster's weaker than we'd like. Like, we need to capitalise on this momentum right now. Do you reckon that sort of played a part in, in those decisions? Yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of, because uh, Ravens of the old, we'd be able to actually rely on our defence rather than go for it on fourth situations where it's a yeah. bit iffy. However, they are... We, we were pretty lenient on going for it on fourth anyway. Um, with Lamar in there, like you could always sneak down. Basically, fourth and three onwards is is fair game. But like fourth and one, if you got Tom Brady, it's an automatic first oh, down. I used to fucking hate that. I used to really really piss me off. Oh, stop the Patriots! Fourth down. Oh, it's fourth and one, so it's an automatic. It doesn't matter. Fucking yeah. Joking. Also, I don't want to spend too much time on this game because it, this game sucked ass to watch. Oh, it's terrible. I, I the unfortunate thing is we do now have to see another week of Steelers football, and that's because the Chargers and the Raiders couldn't quite tie in, in they Sunday tried. night. They they really gave yeah. it the damnedest for most of overtime and and, re- and the regular game. Do you think they did? I sort of don't quite buy that the Raiders were going to go for a tie, and then they got what riled up by a timeout. I was like, all right, fuck you then. Yeah, I mean that that is absolute. Goofy, codswallop is codswallop in the, in the highest order. That did not happen. That that's an easy out in terms of people like yeah yeah yeah. We we wanted that made us win the game. It's like you're both trying to win the game. You're just doing a bad job of it. No, they were evidently both trying to win the game because it's an absolute barn fire. Well, yeah. Until well, until the Chargers let Justin Herbert actually have the ball and start slinging absolute dimes, you've got to question their desire to win the game there. That's true, yeah. That's true. There was a point where it looked like they were going to go shrinking into the night and just uh, turn into a bit of a boring game. But yeah, then Herbert started doing some pretty Herberty things. He's been fucking sick this season. He's been so good. I mean, it is a disappointment that we have to now see the Steelers in the playoffs instead of the Chargers. Because like, I, I know the Steelers have a better record. Like, oh, they deserve to be there. But they are so terrible to watch. On offense, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, that Steelers offense is horrendously boring. The yeah. defense is cool. Defense is fun. TJ Watt, unreal season. Is he going to be questionable after he got absolutely kneed in the nuts by Tyler Huntley? But with two shattered testicles for the for the playoffs. Yeah, that's Could what you be. get for, for tying the all-time sack record with your extra game, Steve. Tell you, tell you what, though. I'm sh- surely uh, Huntley goes down with a bit of fucking... I mean, obviously, when Lamar's back, Lamar's a starter without question. But, like, Huntley must be quite popular in when Ravens fan base now for just absolutely kneeing the fuck out of the... I'm just being really good. Yeah, I mean, hey, he played pretty well, to be fair, and relieved. Yep. Do, you reckon that, do you reckon he's done enough to maybe earn a starting audition elsewhere, do we think? Or is that a bit he of could, a... He could start for the Colts or Washington or... Do you think? Even the Giants... Yeah, he's, Ooh, he, could, he could probably be a star. Maybe the Panthers, depending on how, how they shout, appreciate Sam Darnold. It didn't look like they were appreciating him near the end of the season. Yeah, and then Matt Rule was saying stuff like, oh, when we block for Sam Darnold, we, we think he's a good quarterback. And Matt, Matt Rule is mistaken, but props to you, Matt. Yeah, are the, is, mm, those are basically all the teams that just about missed out, weren't they? The Vikings got eliminated a couple of weeks ago. Vikings deserve to be eliminated by their complete lack of ability to close out games. 
I think the team we do have to mention, though, seeing as though most of us put them in the AFC Championship game, and we wouldn't be talking about them this week if we'd been regular with our shows, is what the hell went wrong with the Cleveland Browns? Oh, Browns goofed it. Browns goofed it big time. And it's, mm. it's I mean, I don't know how much you put down to play calling on the offensive side or how much was Baker Mayfield just swinging and whiffing and then trying to fight someone and then swinging and whiffing again. Um, but it looks like the Browns are going to stick with Mayfield next season as well as what the, the clamour's been so far. Uh, I think that's something that's split opinion a little bit with the Cleveland fan base. Um, they have to pay him this the end of this season. Uh, pay him next year, isn't it? It's the fifth-year option next year, so it's not a huge amount, but it's more than it would be on his um, pure rookie deal. The issue with Baker Mayfield, because like, if you want to be, right, let's give him another chance. The accuracy is maybe down to that bum shoulder. We'll give him the off-season. But the issue was that he just he just seemed to forget how to read the defense and like double clutch the ball all the time. Yeah, yeah. He, he played. He seemed to play. It was it was one of those classic ones where you see a quarterback who's a little bit down on confidence and is either carrying an injury or has been sacked or beaten up a fair amount. Like his internal clock just seemed to be way too fast, and like his his ability to sort of get through his progressions as the season went on just got worse and worse, and he started to make. Some of those, it's one of those things because you can sort of see why he's popular with Cleveland because he does those like big runs and he's gets gets in people's faces and he's really passionate and stuff like that. So as a leader, you must think you know, fuck, he's he's like that archetypal quarterback you can get behind. But he's just in terms of actually throwing the ball and making good decisions with the ball, he's just been so inconsistent this season. Yeah, and he also still thinks he's a much better athlete and sort of playmaker on the ground than he actually is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean injuries did play a part there, but I don't. I don't think you can get to the season and be like, oh, we didn't make the playoffs because of injuries. When there's a team like the Ravens who got really close and had basically nobody. Yeah, sort sort of squashes that argument before it starts. Really, when you just look across the look look at one of the other teams in your division and they've got four players. Yep. I learned a lot of players' names this year. From nice. People, people. Oh, that's our starting secondary now. Cool. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> you seem pleased with that. All right, so we'll get to the actual predictions in a later show this week, hopefully. Let, let's be consistent now, boys. Yeah? Yeah. New Year's yeah. resolution, try and do podcasts every week. Why not? Maybe even two with Freeland Generous. I mean, it's bored. Yeah, uh, so let's move on. Season ends, obviously. Coaches get fired. We knew there were two open positions in the Raiders and the Jaguars, probably provided they don't stick with their interim head coaches. Um. Should we should we kick this off and let Matt have a little rant first, Joe? Yeah, I think I think it's worthy of it. All right. So the most surprising firing of the 2022 season is is Brian Flores. After a winning streak, just missed out of the playoffs yeah. two years in a row. Um, some sort of civil war between Chris Greer, Tua, and Brian Flores. Matt, um, thoughts on the situation? It's a load of fucking baloney, mate. I'm pissed. Oh yeah. By the way, if you're listening for the first time, Matt is a Miami Dolphins fan. Sadly, um, I, I just think it's <clears throat> so apparently I'll take the mic off, obviously, so I have to keep holding it because it's going to be a long one. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a terrible decision. I think when you look at what Brian Flores has been able to do in his three seasons, yeah, we missed out on the playoffs back to back years. That stinks. Um, I would put that more down to poor personnel choices, which you have to level at Flores, but also Chris Greer in equal measure. If, if we're going to use that as a as a as a stick to beat him with, you have to also level the same criticism at, at Greer. Um, I just think that the, the Dolphins' head coaching history in recent years has not been good. 
you finally find some stability with a coach that, you know, back to back years with, with winning seasons is something that we've not managed at all um, in, in a very long time. I think you've got to ride with that consistency, especially when it's a young team. Yes, there are lots of reports that Brian Flores' style is quite heavy-handed and he you know, rubbed people up the wrong way because if you did a good job, he'd tell you. But if you did a bad job, then he'd also be more than happy to tell you. And that rubbed some players up the wrong way. But to me, it stinks of an owner who hasn't got a fucking clue what's going on in this franchise, to be honest. Um, Chris Greer has outlasted so many people in the Dolphins organization because Stephen Ross thinks he's sick. And I think if Stephen Ross had a better understanding of, of, you know, who makes the decisions and who, where the players, um, you know, where the players allegiance lie, then it would be Chris Greer out the door rather than Brian Flores. And I mean, someone's going to get a very talented head coach who is still quite young, has some experience turning around a team that was shit when he arrived into a team that, yeah, missed out the playoffs twice, but is, is it there or thereabouts and has some upside to it. So, I mean, if you're a Jags or someone like that, there you fucking go, boys. Like, there's someone who's been able to turn a team around in quite a short amount of time and install a good culture. Um, I just think it's dumb. And looking at, at the coaches that are available, I mean, I could have maybe understood this move if, if you're like, okay, you've got a guy lined up straight away who is going to, you know, is going to be an, a massive upgrade from, from day one, ton of upside. Uh, you know, if you've got someone like a Sean McVay or something who, for whatever reason, is available, then fuck it. I can I can understand that move. But there is piss all in the coaching market right now. Uh, I mean, there's talk of Jim Caldwell, maybe. He doesn't, not a bad coach, but it doesn't really set you, set the heart on fire with, with excitement, does it? Like, I just think it's really short-sighted. I think he. I think he was the, one of the first people in years to get two consecutive winning seasons out of Detroit. So that's almost as much of achievement as what Floyd has done in Miami. But yeah, you're right. I mean, is this just as much per report as an endorsement from the owner in Tua? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I think there's been more blown up about this whole like Flores didn't like Tua and Tua Tua and Flores's relationship wasn't good. Like. That a lot of Miami insiders inside have said, yeah, there was a bit of a bust up after the Tennessee game because Flores was pissed that Tua played shit. To be fair to Tua, I think the whole team played shit, but he didn't definitely didn't play well as well. Um, so I think more has been made out of that. Um, this whole thing that Flores wanted to go with Deshaun Watson rather than Tua, um, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I would have. I would have thought that out of the two of them, Chris Greer would have been someone would, who would have gone after Watson a bit more. So I don't know if that's necessarily a, you know, two is sorted now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it is telling actually, in, taking into account the first name that Dolphins has been linked with is the OC from the Bills. Is it Dable? Brian Dable. Yeah, who was uh, to, to his play called at Alabama. So again, you look at that, you look at, you know, drafting Jalen Waddle there. I mean, Jalen Waddle has been fantastic this season. I'm really glad we did draft him, but there, you could argue that, you know, Jamal Chase was there and, and, and other options and stuff like that. Um, in that draft, Devontae Smith, like, could you have gone in a different way? Did you, did we put more emphasis on the sort of relationship that Tua had with Waddle above, you know, other players that we could have taken at that position potentially? Um, so maybe that is a sign. Maybe that is a sign that Stephen Ross wants to go full in on surrounding two with all of his fucking college mates. They will. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I think he's a good coach. The last two years in Buffalo, prove that. But 
you're basically already running a pure RPO offense anyway. Like, how does bringing Dable in to run his Alabama one going to change that? Like, he is a completely different skill set to Josh Allen, so he can't run his Buffalo offense. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, is he just going to try and pump two full of steroids and see if he can fucking throw accurately past 15 yards? Oh, you bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Must be nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a bit of an odd mix. There's not a huge amount in terms of correlation of players and skill set between what that Bills offense has and what Miami has. I'd say they're quite different in that respect, apart from the fact that maybe they don't have a bona fide like bell cow running back in, in both cases. Although Duke Johnson looked pretty nice at the end of the season. Duke Johnson always looks nice in flashes. All right. So moving on, Brian Flores, who is definitely going to be in the head coach conversation, will definitely get a DC job at the very least this season, should he want one and not take a year out. But imagine given his character, he probably will. Um, the next coach I want to talk about, who I think the writing was on the wall for him, but I still think he's been a little harsh done by given, I mean, the quarterbacks he's been given in his tenure. Um, Vic Fangio um, from, I always say Chicago Bears there, but the Denver Broncos. What do you think of this one? Um, Joe, let's let you speak because Matt's, Matt needs a... It's cool off. <laughs> mm, I don't think it's as egregious as Brian Flores because, I mean, the Broncos haven't really been... They've been Good. sort of mediocre for the past... Ever since... Well, ever since Tebow. I'm gonna say they won a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, but even in, <laughs> even in the Super Bowl winning year, Peyton Manning bad. didn't play. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, I talked a bunch of shit just then. Yeah. I'm gonna rewind on that, and for, I forgot Peyton Manning. Since, since Peyton existed. Manning left, yeah, since Peyton Manning left, they've basically been kind of stuck in the mud, average, one of the mill team. Um, and near the start of the season, there was a lot of hype around them, right? Like. And Vic Fangio's defense is definitely his skill set, but I just don't see. I I feel like they probably need some sort of offensive guru to come in and select a, select a, a younger QB. Um, yeah. To the really issue. Get the ball moving. Yeah, I'd agree. I like. It's difficult, isn't it? Because like he he has always been a good defensive guy, and the Broncos' defenses have been great since he's been there. Yeah. And you could argue, well, he, as a head coach, you need to take responsibility for the offense. And he did sign Pat Shermer as his OC, which you may, maybe you're reaping what you sow right there mm-hmm. because it's not exactly the most forefront of offensive thinkers. But then, like, look at the pieces he's had to work with as his signal caller. Like, the best of the bunch is what? Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, who showed flashes, but he's never going to be a franchise QB, unfortunately. No, you're pretty much saying we're not winning the Super Bowl when you've got Teddy Bridgewater as your starting QB. Mm. My my point would be how much of that is on Vic Fangio though. I I put that way more at the GM level, right? Like they did get they got rid of John Elway and brought in a new GM last off season. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's harsh to fire a defensive coach. Like if you're if you're going to go down the route of having a def, like a defensive coach as your head coach and the team's defense is playing great and the offense isn't as good, I, I feel like it's harsh to then fire him because, you know, the overall sum of the parts. Like, get him a better quarterback. Like, if you've just got changed the GM, like, maybe give the GM a couple of years to sort out the, the offensive side of the ball, knowing that your defense is going to be your strength. I mean, they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. 
on the strength of their defense rather than Peyton. Like that was end of career Peyton Manning where the arm strength wasn't there. Yes, you've got that veteran presence to be able to change plays and stuff like that, but they won that Super Bowl with their defense. So you can do it that way. That's fine. And then let the GM put things in place and and maybe take a bit bigger role in selecting the OC and stuff like that. It just feels like, you know, Vic did his bit. Yeah, but he is not a DC, so like the whole thing is his bit. I guess so, but it it seems harsh. I thought I thought he was doing a fine job. I, I thought out of the coaches that were potentially going to end up jobless uh, on Monday, then I would have. I don't think Vic Fangio would have really crossed my mind as one of those candidates. I'd file this under harsh but understandable. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I and I would jump at the chance if he wanted a DC role to have him in Philadelphia. Yeah, he he'd be a fantastic DC. I just don't see him. Yeah. Yeah, no. Niners fans are clamoring for him to come back. Um, then um, that's where I got Chicago from. They want they want him back as well. Mm. I, I would he would be amazing in Philadelphia. And the other who's sort of in that same vein, but he was much more aggressive in his hatred of offense and absolutely attacking his own team whenever the offense let him down. Um, but still, a sharp defensive mind is Mike Zimmer, and this one really seemed like it was a long time coming. Yeah, I was not surprised by this at all. I think Mike Zimmer, I think Mike Zimmer, the Vikings, the Vikings fans, this was in everyone's best interest for him to not be the head coach anymore, to be honest. Yeah. He's just way too conservative and not innovative at all. So They've just shit the bed in so many situations from like, they have the makings of a decent team and I feel like they have done for quite a lot of Mike Zimmer's sort of time in charge. But they just choke in big in like big situations so often that at some point you have to be like, okay, maybe we just need to restart. They have also never come back from that 2017 season after beating the Saints and then coming out flat against the Eagles. Like that that was a pinnacle. So it was like great success for them early on. And they've just been so <laughs> so so mediocre since that moment. And when when you got when your head coach is basically attacking one side of the ball. And has such favoritism towards the defense, like it can't be sustainable there. Nah, it makes it quite a toxic environment, I'd say, as well. Like, why would you want to go and play offense for the Vikings if Wilson is there when you just realize that no matter what happens, it's always going to be your fault? Like, it makes it not a very attractive option for free agents and you know, creates a bad sort of culture in the team. So, I think, yeah, for everyone's, for everyone's sort of best interests, get him, get him gone. Yeah, there, there, there's been like stuff coming out since the firing that he'd be like, he'd take an active role in what the he wanted the offense to do and then just not be in any of the offensive meetings. So like the offensive players got alienated by that. So I, Stefan Diggs, part of the issues there. Um, he active, he ran the ball um, to close out a game against, I think, Detroit last year when Justin Jefferson was 12 yards away from the Vikings rookie receiving record, which would, and the, the crowd at the time were chanting, for Jefferson to get that record was like just have a bit of feel good about you stop being so angry exactly it's okay yeah it might not make game sense for this thing but I mean you're the fucking Vikings you need to win you need something for people to be happy about like let your star rookie wide receiver get the record and I mean that as for him as well you know you're the head coach and you're part of the the, the selection process for for making that that draft selection he get he he get, wins the rookie record. Everyone's suddenly like, "Fucking hell, what a great selection by uh, Zimmer and the GM! Like, great job." 
gives you a bit of kudos. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, no, I'm going to do the conservative, boring option. Also to call yourself a defensive minded coach and have your defense be significantly one of the worst in the league for two years straight is kind of a joke. Well, I think that's where another of his anger towards the offense came from because he said at the time the Kirk Cousins thing was that he didn't want to sign someone for a huge deal if it meant compromising who you'd be able to sign on defense. And to some extent, it has done that. And I mean, Rick Spielman's lost his job as well at GM. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, I think I think Joe raised a good point there as well. Like if you're yeah. going to be so back in the boys on defense, they've got to at least be fucking decent. Yeah, agreed. And the final head coach who lost his job, who, like, first of all, how hated do you have to be? To It's his first season without a winning record. Also, without being 500 or more. Mm-hmm. But but it's almost like Matt Nagy should have been fired before this season because he's been so detrimental to having a rookie quarterback just refusing to build around him and what benefits him. But Matt Nagy, I mean, the most obvious firing. It almost seemed like they wouldn't do it for a moment. But he's he's gone, as is Ryan Pace. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird one. Like they both needed to go. I kind of initially I was like, okay, absolutely Nagy. And then I was a little bit like, oh, Ryan Pace as well. That seems a bit harsh. But then you think about it, you're like, yeah, they both did not a very good job, to be honest. Like, yeah, they kept they kept Chicago in and around five hundred, um, or or above, as you said. Like, to be fair, like that that that's decent. That that you'd I mean, I've just I've just had a had a moan about Flores being fired for being able to do the, the same sort of thing, right? But it's just he feels like a bad influence on that team and on that offense, and he just seems to suck the life out of any positivity that Chicago managed to get going. Yeah, I mean, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't have much more to add. I I think he could to call yourself like a QB whisperer and then. Um, basically you reckon that's what's on his LinkedIn com- yeah completely <laughs> screw up the development of two uh pretty highly touted even Mitch Trubisky was highly touted yeah um at the time um, you gotta think what's he whispering just like you're shit <laughs> you're fucking shit you're never good I'm the magic here yeah I'm the boss yeah this is this is the one where like this should have happened what do you reckon he's going to be Alabama OC next year? The club, the classic rejuvenation project. Oh yeah, roll tide. Lovely stuff. I, I'm I'm surprised Joe Judge didn't get fired. Well, Joe Judge wants a fucking slice of the GM cake somehow. Now <laughs> that is a cake he's not he's not qualified to be munching on. I mean, for all for all their chatter, and I was talking to um, Alex about this the other day about how doing things the Giants way and they're a stand-up franchise, they're pretty badly run. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'd say they're not, not very good at all. They've been fucking rubbish to watch this season. I've mean, had a winning a... record since the boat pitcher. No, that boat pitcher is a curse. It's like it's like the Drake curse for fucking teams and finals. Is that still a thing? Yeah, he wore an Alabama... There was a picture of him in an Alabama coat and then they got... Oh, of course it was. ...glopped by the, by the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, but going back to Joe Judge, I mean multiple players have now come out and said that Joe Judge is, is terrible and Wait, but the, he whole, was... the whole culture he's trying to install in at the Giants just isn't working at all. 
Joe, are you saying that all those players that are making more money elsewhere and Joe Judge said, called him and said, oh, I wish I was with you still, coach. Are you saying that was a lie? A fib. A fib of sorts. I'm saying people will say a lot to keep their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) He's (laughs) tight-lipped. All right. I I think on that note, then, that's probably time to wrap it up. But we will be back with regular podcasts now. So look out for our playoff previews probably coming at some point later in the week check out all our articles on the dropback.com we've got two is it two new writers since we lasted the podcast yeah i can't remember yeah, how long it's, it's been yes yeah, two all right josh and dylan make sure you check out their articles they've been great additions to our team absolute legends what an absolute staple of uh writers we've got now yeah unbelievable and speaking of which if you do want to join drop drop us an email it's um dropbackmedia at gmail.com so do it get involved or hit up any of our social medias. It's at the dropback on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I mean, that's all for now. Make sure you download this episode and tune in for future ones. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And I've been Joe. And until next time. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Topic of Joe Judge, I realise the pod's over, but he went for a he went for a QB sneak on third and nine. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>